This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. And good morning, good afternoon, wherever you may be on this lovely Sunday. Well, soon to be lovely. Not not quite there. You know, this is the typical spring in L.A. We get all this overcast in the morning. And then as of yesterday, turned out to be an amazing day. Uh, close to in the 80s. It was great. Anyway, you're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host for the next 30 minutes here on Pet Life Radio and on Instagram Live. Here for you, here for your pets. So anything you want to talk about, now is the time to just let me know. A couple of ways to get a hold of me. First of all, the good old-fashioned way here on Pet Life Radio is 877-385-8882. Once again, 877-385-8882. And, of course, on Instagram Live, uh, you can just join on and then start typing whatever you want me to talk about. And for, for Pet Life, better yet, join me here live on Zoom. Very easy to do. You go on to PetLifeRadio.com, click on Shows, scroll to Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff, click on the link left you there by Mark, our producer, and you can join me here live. Have your pet with you. That's the best way. That way I can see it. I mean, it's so important when you are talking to a veterinarian for them to be able to see your pet. And if I look tired this morning, it's because I am, because I got a, an air bed call at 4 a.m., and like the idiot that I am, of course I took the call. It was a virtual visit. And this poor dog, a French bulldog, a two-year-old, has been vomiting since Saturday morning early. Apparently went to daycare. He goes to a lot on Friday, spent the day at daycare, and started vomiting early Saturday morning and has been vomiting continually. She was so worried. So I get the call, and there I am. It's a virtual visit. I'm looking. I'm, I'm seeing the dog, which is, you know, makes it so much easier. So I go ahead and just watching this French bulldog, and it's bouncing around. It is just clearly not sick. It doesn't mean it didn't have something going on, but it wasn't like emergency. So, but I did, it was four in the morning. So I said, you know what? I would see you, but I, you know, if, if the dog is vomiting that much, you may have to go. So she called, I gave her three local emergency facilities here on the West side of LA. One, I'm not going to mention any names. I'd love to, but I'm not going to mention any names. One could not see her for 10 to 12 hours. Another one said, we don't have anybody who can see right now because we have no one here to do an ultrasound. First, I'm thinking, ultrasound? What? This is the problem. How do they think they're even going to need to do an ultrasound? How about examining the dog first? Anyway, and the other one said, well, we can't see you right now, but if you come back at 6.30 to 7, maybe the wait will only be about an hour to two hours then. I'm thinking, you know what? It's Sunday. <laughs> Where am I? I'm here at 9 o'clock. So how about if I meet you at 7? So sure enough, I met her at my hospital at 7 a.m., and it worked out well because the dog, the belly was soft. It obviously, oh, and she even told me in the history, if you get a good history, she goes, my dog doesn't chew on anything. He's not that kind of dog. So right now I'm, I'm kind of eliminating in my mind, is this a foreign object, something is stuck in the intestine? No, the dog went to a daycare. I'm sure picked up something, ate something. Someone else has chewed something. He, he munched on maybe different food. Uh, maybe they gave him a different treat. Maybe he got another dog's treat at the doggy daycare and probably has some sort of gastritis, maybe pancreatitis, took some blood, gave it some fluids, gave it a shot to stop the vomiting. The dog is licking me in the face. So I'm not that worried and sent him home. So to go to, first of all, to go to one of these emergency facilities, it would cost a fortune. And I love emergency facilities when the problem is truly in need of an emergency facility. But if it's not, then you know, I, I just can't see them doing that. So here I am 
a little tired. So I, but I, you know, always when you get up at four in the morning to take a call, you, I can't go right back to sleep. And I didn't. So anything, uh, now that's a way, but you know, it's a good way to start a day when you think about how much help I gave to a dog and some, I'm sure kudos from my client, then I think it works out really well. So anyway, here I am. So pardon my, uh, my look this morning, maybe a little more disheveled than I normally look on Sunday morning. Anyway, so hot spots and itchiness here from Hula Dog Rescue, a great rescue. They do a lot of great work in Mexico, bringing up dogs. I see a lot of their dogs. Anything we can do for the hot spots and itchiness until we get to see you tomorrow, uh, like an oatmeal bath. Yes, any bath will be good. Sometimes cold water will help. Sometimes uh, gently, you know, I don't like, you know, for hot spots, they're usually secondary infections. And typically, you know, for us, we put a little neosporin on it, which is great. And you can do that for a dog too. But if they get too extensive or there are too many areas on the body, I find that I don't like gooping up the body, the skin with all this Vaseline formulation type uh, ointment like uh, Neosporin, even though I love Neosporin. So what I recommend is there is a product out there and I'm, trust me, I'm not getting paid by this company. Maybe I should. It is called Bactine. Remember Bactine? It's been on the market for 100 years. Anyway, Bactine pain relief. So basically, it's Bactine, has antiseptic formulation, and then the lidocaine that makes it pain relief sort of numbs the area a little bit. But the beauty is it's a spray. It's not a goop. And you can spray it on those areas. Of course, keep the animal away. And obviously, well, more likely than not, we're going to have to start on some kind of medication, antibiotic for the hotspot, medicated bath. But oatmeal bath will work great in a pinch. And, um, and we'll, we'll take it from there. Probably sometime anti-allergy. Oftentimes, hotspots are secondary to allergy. So the reason why the dog starts itching in the first place is because of an allergy. So allergy becomes secondary, which, by the way, are very itchy. So if you treat one and not the other, you're not going to really solve all the itching problems. And is asking about heartworm disease. So, you know, we are here in Los Angeles. And we never really had major heartworm issues, but we are starting to see a mosquito and heartworm is carried by mosquitoes has been identified in Southern California that is adapted to our drier climate. We don't need that 80% humidity anymore. And so they've adapted well. And the first case, I, I interestingly had the first case of a, of a local heartworm disease in a dog that never left Southern California. Better yet, never left Los Angeles and yet has heartworm. So again, I think I told the story, lived near um, the Forest Lawn uh, Cemetery and the cemetery under the, you know, they're watering the lawns all the time. It's hot, the beautiful lush grass, you know, green grass and under the headstones, thousands and thousands of mosquito larvae. So we knew that it would be happening at some point and exactly what had happened. So I do recommend, here's the simple way to tell, if you are sitting in your, around your home, either in or outside, and you are seeing and swatting at mosquitoes, that means your dogs are getting those same mosquitoes. You wanna get your dog tested for heartworm. It's a simple test. Most of us can do it in-house. It takes literally five minutes and let to know whether you need prevention and then start heartworm prevention. I'm a big fan of heartworm prevention. It's inexpensive. And now some of the better two of the four isoxazoline better flea and tick medications, specifically Semperica Trio and Credilio Plus are once a month chewable heartworm prevention along with flea and tick. So of course, if you're using something different for flea and tick, you can also get HeartGuard, Interceptor. There are a number, Revolution even, there are a number of, of solutions for mosquito heartworm disease also. But I would recommend, definitely recommend doing something for a heartworm prevention as well. And two seasons ago, I actually started my dogs because I was sitting out, it was like 7 p.m. on a beautiful spring evening. I was reading 
good book, by the way. And uh, all of a sudden, I hear the zzz, and I see, and I, I look at it, it's a mosquito on my arm, and I gave it a swat. It was, it was a mosquito. So uh, within 20 minutes, I had seen four mosquitoes. So and how I knew they were four is because I killed each one one at a time. So, so it wasn't the same mosquito trying to get me twice. And um, anyway, I started my dogs. I tested them all heartworm negative and started them on a heartworm prevention. So I am a big advocate, not expensive. And really, when you think of the cost and the danger of heartworm disease and the payoff of just starting them on a very simple monthly heartworm prevention, or I don't have it, but some vets now are using ProHeart, which is an injectable heartworm prevention. They had ProHeart 6 on the market, had to go off the market, now it's back on, and there's ProHeart 12. One shot, good for one year of prevention. So you wanna to talk to your veterinarian, but then that's what I would recommend. So I don't know if any of you saw, I should be embarrassed to say this, but I was at, just came back from the Global Pet Expo. And sadly, I was heading to the airport as my producer, Mark, came in. So we, we missed him this year. But I was working with a company called Mutt Gut, fantastic company. It's a, it's a powder. It's a supplement for dogs and cats for uh, health. It, it's a prebiotic, a probiotic, a postbiotic. I mean, it's got everything. Anyway, so I was in the booth and they were doing some fun stuff with people coming to the booth. And um, they asked me if I would participate. I said, sure, you know, I'll work with you guys. Of course I will. Well, boy, did I, I had no idea what I was getting into. So if you want to have a really good laugh, you can go on. I think it's on TikTok through Muttgut. You can go to my reels, go to Facebook. <laughs> anyway, it was posted. My social media consultant posted this stuff. And I have to tell you, embarrassing for me, yes. But, but I tell you, it's... <laughs> It was very funny, embarrassing for me, but uh, it was a lot of fun. And you know, it's funny. I thought people would be like shooting me, and yet the comments are so funny. Uh, people tell me, "Oh, they had to watch it." They, it was so good they wanted to watch it twice. Uh, someone said, "Oh my God, Doc, you got to do more of those." So anyway, I'd love you to look at it and let me know a what you think, and b if there are any other subjects that would be appropriate for me to talk about because when I do crazy stuff, I, I at least like to, to get some good information to help you and your pets. So to make it really worthwhile, that would be a, a great thing for me. So I would much appreciate it. So let's get started. Here are some stories that uh, I peruse the news. I like to do this. So the Denver Zoo Wildlife Emergency Fund, which is great, is collecting funds to send to organizations and people providing food, transportation, and vet care for the animal um, evacuations in the Ukraine zoo. So it's really been a problem. And it's so great to see people stepping up to the plate and, and helping these animals because it's almost impossible to transport them. It, to get in veterinary care is very challenging because of what's going on there. So anything you can do, they've been, been able to relocate some of the animals already. And um, so anyway, there was a lion named Simba and a wolf named Akila that have already been transported to Romania. So they're doing their best. Any way you can help that would be really appreciated. So think about it. Social distancing for dogs. We talked about in the height of COVID. Oh, by the way, it was really nice to see. And this is not a political statement. This is just my feeling personally at the Global Pet Expo. People, it was great attendance. Everybody was, I would say 95% of the people, maybe even more, were walking around, no masks, people shaking hands, hugging hello. I mean, it was such a nice convention so far, Western Veterinary Conference and Global, both in March this year. And um, it was just really nice to see, hoping that that we kind of get back to norm. If it makes a big difference when, when you can really engage as good as these organizations have done, having these Zoom conferences, which we had to do last year, it doesn't, nothing compares, really nothing compares to actually the face-to-face. -face. So it was really wonderful to see.
So social distancing for dogs. Yes, but not for COVID. Here's the story. So basically, their canine infections is called the respiratory disease complex, and it's spreading across South Florida big time. So if you live in South Florida, you might want to take note. So dog parents should avoid dog parks and other places where dogs are often congregating. Miami-Dade's Animal Services actually has temporarily suspended adoptions from some of their shelters and spay-neuter vaccination and microchip services because of they don't want to have all these animals congregating, uh, it is a, um, it's a big problem. So here's a story that I had to laugh. It says, and it, the headline was social media fueling pet obesity, right? Come on now, let's, let, here's the link. I think it's, it's a stretch, but here's the link. It says 78% of vet professionals have noted an increase in pet obesity. 9% of dog owners and 5% of cat owners said their animals gained weight during the pandemic. And some experts think the normalization of chunky pets on social media is exacerbating the trend. So people well, had their pets home. I think it was just because they weren't getting out as much. So these dogs were, unless you made adjustments in their meals, then of course they're going to gain weight. They're not exercising as much. You're afraid to go out. But just to blame it on having, having seen videos on social media of little chunky pets with not saying, you know, <laughs> if that were the case, there'd be more of us walking around heavy because it's all over the place. We know it's just a big problem. 55% of dogs and cats in this country are, are overweight and obese. So the chances of seeing one are at least, at least that much. So you can't blame it on that. I mean, that's like saying, oh, well, I walked a dog in the neighborhood and there's a lady in the neighborhood who's it's a very chunky fat dog. So I guess it's okay for me to have my dog fat too. No, that doesn't, doesn't make sense. With that, some food for thought. Don't go away. We're back after these short messages and we'll be back. Don't go away. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back to your live with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vet with Dr. Jeff. And I'm getting, during the break, I have another question from my one of my Instagram followers, and that is, my Chihuahua Mixed Dog is a kidney disease diet you recommend him to drink distilled water? Look, there's no downside to distilled water. The question is, is regular tap water with the minerals going to create a problem? Usually not. But again, if you are okay with just only using distilled water, it's totally safe. There's nothing in the, in the regular tap water that you really need that he's not getting from the kidney diet. So continue the kidney diet. And if, you know, as I said, I wouldn't stop you from using distilled water because it might be better. I don't think I haven't yet to see a study where someone has proven that distilled water versus tap water is going to make a difference with kidney disease, but there's no downside to it. So if you don't mind doing it, I would uh, go ahead and do it. Okay. Now, what do cats need for their well-being? So uh, 
food designed for them. And what does that mean? It's meat. <laughs> don't try to make it. It can be done with dogs, but don't try to make your cat into a vegan or vegetarian. It will, trust me, it could kill them. So no, you definitely 100%, they're meat eaters. Uh, they're obligate carnivores, as we say. And then monitor urination, of course, because cats are known for kidney disease. Um, grooming habits. When a cat stops grooming himself or herself, then chances are something is going on somewhere. Healthy cats are continually grooming themselves. So that's important. And just any other behaviors, anything that's not right. So, and this is what I always say in general, know your pets. Because know what their normal is. Because even if it's subtle things day to day, they always do it or things they don't do. All of a sudden, they're starting to do things they didn't do. They're going to stop doing things that they usually always do. That may indicate some sort of problem. And it's worth noticing because you might want to go ahead and have them checked out. Aggressive dogs. I just had to. Sadly, in my 38 years, I have only had to do this. This was the third time. And it never is easy. And yet it is often indicated. And that is put a dog to sleep because of severe, uncontrolled, unpredictable aggression. Now we're talking this dog from the time it was brought into the rescue because of aggression. It was trying to bite everybody. They had three different trainers work with it. The owner who took the dog, great guy, actually was also bitten by this dog. And he was the dog that you can go up to. It comes over to you like it wants to be pet. You give it a couple of pets and then it, it doesn't just give a snap it will attack. And one of the straws that broke the camel's back is his wife was in the bathroom and just in the bathroom, cleaning up whatever, brushing her teeth, the dog came over, and she lived with her. And all of a sudden, literally jumped up and started biting her badly. So in my opinion, if you have a dog like this, and as tough as it sounds, you have to think, what if, what if this dog goes, when goes back to a shelter or a rescue, gets adopted and mauls a young child? Now, mind you, I am very forgiving when it comes to stuff like this. I actually was attacked. I shouldn't say attacked. I was bitten badly when I was five by our own family's Doberman, grabbed me by the face and had plastic surgery. And it was pretty bad. It was an unusual circumstance. So we were able to rehome him. Actually, an older couple down the block had no children or had older children. They're already out of the house who had this dog's sister and the dog was rehomed. And as far as we know, lived happily ever after. But when you have dogs like this, and it, fortunately it happens very infrequently that they're not trainable, but you do not want this dog to end up someplace where it could cause severe damage to a person. There was a story just now, and we noticed on, I think it was on, on Reels or, or TikTok, about a woman who they didn't even show her face. It was so bad. She was severely mauled by a dog that literally ripped her face off. And she lived. But uh, again, it, it must have been so bad because they would not show any video. But they did tell the story. So it is tough to do. But sometimes, you know, even it's tough to do the right thing. So they do think, though, that sometimes some of these aggressive dogs may be linked to the anxiety disorders and recommend either some SSRIs or tricyclic antidepressants. And um, the best thing to do is if you can, this is what they couldn't do with this dog. No, what are the triggers? Because if you know what the triggers are, then you can avoid the triggers. But the problem is it's unpredictable and you have no idea what the triggers are, then that's a, a huge problem. So most popular dogs in the U.S. This is according to the AKC. So number one, again, for... 31st year, and, I, and I've had them for at least 31 years, if more so, more like 40 years, Labrador Retrievers. They, I think they are overall America's best family pet. 
if you, especially if you want a big dog. They are just, I can't say enough about them. That's why I've had them. My first one was my very own high school graduation present, 1972. And um, uh, I've had Labradors ever since, usually two at a time. So next up, this is no surprise to me, may not be a surprise to you, but what's number two now? Number two, French Bulldog. Frenchies, I've also had those for a while. I'm on Frenchie number three right now. Then the Golden Retriever, the German Shepherd, and the Poodle. That rounds out the top five. Frenchies made it. I mean, if you go on even five or six years ago and see where was Frenchie in the over the AKC list, that would be, I don't know, I'm going to look it up. I'm going to find out for you. But this is a heck of a come comeback. I mean, going from from you know obscurity to number two on the AK and and number two to they got Labrador, which we know how popular they are. Least popular, a Norwegian Lundehund, obviously a rare breed. It's so rare, I've never heard of it. Speaking of rare, I posted a picture on Instagram. I have yet to have a response that was comes even close to what this breed is. So please look at, it was a picture I took at the Global Pet Expo, a very unique dog. I didn't even know what it was. And I got a little history about it. And um, this week I'm going to post what it is, but I'm going to wait a few more days, take the picture, do some homework, go online and see if you can figure out what this breed is. It is a rare one, but it is an AKC breed. So anyway, and then what else? Oh, Salmonella found in milk, raw milk in New York. There's a, um, an Adams, it's called Adams, New York. And there's a farm that's producing this raw milk. And um, you got to be really careful. A lot of bacteria that can come from raw milk, Listeria, Campylobacter, E. coli, Brucella, Brucellosis. I mean, you got to be really careful that just don't, just don't drink raw. Be careful. Pasteurized is good. It should go through some process that will kill off these bad bacteria. Um, otherwise, it's dangerous. Anyway, they found salmonella. Oh, lastly, before we have to go, and it's springtime, flowers are blooming. Those of you who like flowers are going to maybe bring some nice flowers into your home. And if you are a cat parent, you need to know the following. First of all, they are uh, lilies, beautiful flowers, but extremely, extremely toxic to cats. So toxic they can cause kidney failure. Listen to this. If you put them in a vase and you water and the water accumulates down at the bowl you have at the bottom of a vase, even that water is potentially toxic. So you got to be really careful. Other flowers, azaleas, daffodils, oleander, and certain ferns are also very toxic. So what you should do is if you are planning to put flowers in your home that cats can access, you need to go online and check which of these flowers are poisonous. I have one of my cats is dying to get in here. Hold on a second. He basically, he heard me. He heard me talking about cats. So he's here and he is such a love. And um, he's, he's now he's walking around trying to get... Petted. I'll give you a look. Look, see. All right. This is a cat that was we found in a dumpster. And I remember when we first saw him, I would have it at the office and we, you know, had a, a cat carrier up in front. And um, and um, you could see he likes to eat. He is our biggest cat. And um, he does not pass up food or treats, kind of like me with Hagen dazs I just can't pass it up. But so he was little teeny thing, so cute. And they, my uh, tech said, oh, come doc, we put him up in one of our cages and get adopted. I said, no, he can't. They go, how come? How come? I said, because I'm taking him. And uh, uh, he's just a, a great cat. He's a love and he loves attention. As you see, he hears me in a closed room in, the, in my office studio and I'm hearing meow, meow, meow. So he wanted to come say hello. So say hi to everybody. 
All right. So anyway, that's all we have time for for today. So if you have any more, I'll stick on Instagram for a while longer. And uh, otherwise, we will be here next week. Mark, we're here next week. Yep, we're here next week. Same bad time, same bad channel here on Pet Life Radio. And uh, if any questions you have on Instagram, please um, hold up. I'll stick on Instagram for a little longer. But any other questions you may have, please send it to me. Easy, drjeff at petliferadio.com. Dr. Jeff at petliferadio.com. And uh, send them to me. The more information you want, the more things I can talk about. And I love helping people with their pets. And just like this morning's emergency, what could have been an, an insane workup and bill at one of these emergency facilities turned out to be something that was very easily treated. Yes, it was early in the morning for me, but you know what? Knowing that I can help this person, it was worth getting that virtual call at 4 a.m. So uh, we did a virtual visit. And that's why, when, as soon as I saw that dog, that's why I didn't want them to, to wait 10, 12 hours. For what? So seeing is believing, as I say, a picture, they say a picture is worth a thousand words. A video is a hundred thousand words. So uh, it was great to see. Anyway, have a wonderful week. If you need anything, you need me, you can always get a hold of me. We'd love to hear from you. Um, those of you, check out that, that the reels. Don't laugh too hard. Any other things that you would like to see that I can have fun, but educational at the same time. Um, those are the things I love to do. So let me know. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.